Welcome to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Hello, sports fans, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. And we've reached the very, very late stages of this year's IPL. And there is heartbreak. There is a lot of hope. And there are some rejuvenated players, so to speak. Welcome, Ayaz. Let's talk about all the action that's gone down over the last few days and what the last two games of the IPL can throw up for us. Thank you, Mr. Fantastic. It's always such a pleasure to be on the show. And yes, the IPL is, you know, we are at the business end. We've had a couple of matches in the playoffs. And, uh, uh, you know, you, one can say that there was an unexpected result because uh, Delhi Capitals, which they looked terrific uh, finishing the league stage, though they went into the playoffs on the back of a defeat to RCB, but they came a cropper against uh, uh, CSK. Never mind, they're still in the running because they're now going to play the winner of RCB and KKR, which was won by KKR. Both matches ran close. Both went towards in, into the final over. And I think there's a lot that one can think about uh, individual performances, performance of the team. Obviously, I think the tactics and the strategies which somehow or in one way or the other shaped the results. So there's a lot to discuss there. I think that we are headed for a great climax uh, on Friday when the final is going to be played. Absolutely. Now, I, I want to talk about two or three points in particular. One is Dhoni the finisher. I mean, this was all experience, wasn't it? How to handle such a pressure cooker situation. Uh, and also an experience at the other end from Rishabh Pant, who threw the last over not to his international Kagiso Rabada, but to Tom Karan. And uh, well, that really came a cropper. Yeah, I mean, look, Mr. Fantastic, there are ways and ways of looking at it, especially when the result is behind us. And there's, you know, as they say in uh, in hindsight, everything, vision is twenty twenty. So, yes, Tom Curran seemed to now be the bad choice by, made by Pant. I think the argument that he may have thought in his own mind, Rishabh Pant, was that Rabada has got far more speed and then edges can fly off for four and you can't control them. You're better off with a guy who's not bowling at that speed. And somebody who's actually taken wickets. He had taken three wickets till then, Tom Curran. So, uh, but I think in, this, in such a situation, you have to hand it to Dhoni. What we talk about experience. Look, Dhoni had come in for a lot of criticism and even I felt that why was he promoting himself ahead of Jadeja in match after match when he himself was out of rhythm, Jadeja was batting well. And this seemed like one more, perhaps a blunder made by Dhoni. But I think what he did, he just seemed to read right, is that the spinners were exhausted. Dhoni had been struggling against spinners not against the other bowlers. And once the spinners were exhausted, there were no overs left for uh, Akshar and, you know, the others. That's when he said, OK, let me go up and, you know, I'll, I'll try and finish this game, which is where you need the experience, the the steely nerves to take take that, you know, and he's such a big occasion player. I mean, he's a maestro and Rishabh Pant is a, his protege, so to speak. So, obviously, there's a lot for uh, Pant to learn. And just in case these two teams meet again in the final, then I think Pant will be a little wiser, uh, if not necessarily uh, have the same impact as uh, as Dhoni. Well, absolutely. And speaking of captains, Virat Kohli now, I think, has played his last game as uh, RCB captain. End of an era in, in more ways than one for him and for RCB? Most certainly. I mean, you know, he's a champion batsman. He's amongst the modern greats. There's no question about it. Whether his you know, current form is weak or good is not the issue. And if for some reason, uh, Mr. Fantastic, in multi-team or multi-nation competition, Virat Kohli's captaincy record does not remain as fulfilling as it is in 
in bilateral series. I mean, you know, he's got a, he's India's most successful captain. When you take, take it just on numbers, on just ball stats, whether it's tests or ODIs or T20s, his record is better than anybody else. I'm not talking of IPL. But when it comes to the IPL, you know what, for about 10 seasons or longer, maybe yeah, 10 seasons, he's been captain. He only once in the final and unable to win there. ICC tournaments, not in tests, not in ODIs, not in T20s has he won. He's not captain in the ICC World Cup as yet. Uh, it was Dhoni in 2016. So somehow that seems to be elusive for, uh, for Virat. It will be a source of great disappointment for him. This is not unprecedented. Let me tell you that you know the great Viv Richards, when he took over from Clive Lloyd, you know, he couldn't win the World Cup in 1987. And West Indies was still then the best team in the world. Uh, but he couldn't win the World Cup in 1987, played in India and Pakistan. There are, you know, in, enough and more examples of uh, terrific captains not being able to win major tournaments. Uh, you know, Saurav Ganguly couldn't win the I, I, ODI World Cup. Yep, absolutely right. So not every captain has had a successful run. But what after this uh, for the RCB? Do you think they'll look... Uh, within, are there any current candidates or is this thing going to change entirely after January's auction? Well, I think I think uh, they might have to kind of uh, look at a look at a reconstruction of the team, if I might put it that way. Uh, what we know, and I think what RCB perhaps has also kind of uh, decided on it, is that Virat will play for them even after the match. He said uh, that his loyalty is most important to him, and the last game that he plays in the IPL will be for for RCB. So that's a, that's a good sign for him as well as for RCB because they'll have a very senior pro in their midst, even if he is not captaining the team. But the rest of the team, there might be some major changes. I mean, A.P. de Villiers no longer uh, getting, I mean, you know, getting on in years, no longer the young man he was. Uh, he might actually opt out completely because he's, uh, while he has become a T20, you know, league player wherever he goes, he's not playing for South Africa any longer. But there is a sell-by date and there's also the fatigue which comes in. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. If they can hold on to A.B. De Villiers or A.B. De Villiers is fit enough and hungry enough to play for one more season, that will help them rebuild the team because they've got some very fine youngsters. You know, Yuzuvan the child is still young in his craft as a spinner. Mohamed Siraj is a very fine bowler, plays for international cricket for India, brings all his expertise into play there. Harshal is been outstanding this season. So so is also Devdat Padikal. Uh, there's a lot of young talent there. Now they need to, you know, as they say, fill in the gaps and get in some skillful, good players uh, who they feel will take them ahead, take the agenda ahead, including perhaps somewhere along the road, uh, down the road, winning the title. Absolutely. Well, one last point about the IPL before we move on. And that's, do you think KKR look good for the title. They, they've seemed the most hungry out of all the teams, to be very honest. And they just seem to have clicked at the right time, peaking at the right time. Well, I think you're right, uh, Mr. Mr. Fantastic, because this, this story of KKR this season has been quite remarkable, isn't it? In the first leg, so to speak, of the tournament played in India, out of seven matches, they lost five. In the second phase, when everybody had written them off, when, when it resumed in the UAE, the tournament, uh, they won five out of seven. So something has happened in between these two phases. A changed approach, which Brendan McCallum spoke about earlier, uh, and uh, so too uh, Ian Morgan, the captain. Exactly what it is difficult to pinpoint because suddenly all kinds of things happened for KKR, which were exceptional. 
the batting clicked. They got a, a newbie, Venkatesh Ayer, to come and open the batting. He, he performed brilliantly. And uh, he's also shown himself to be a decent bowler. He's basically been, in many ways, the find of the second phase. Then they've got, you know, the spin twins. In fact, now a trio of spinners uh, like Sunil Narayan, uh, Varun Chakravarti and Shakib, who've all been, they were the reason why RCB got stymied after a very good start. So where Delhi's strength, for instance, Delhi Capital's strength is in the pace bowlers, Rabada, Norke and Avesh Khan, uh, for KKR, it is the spinners in the attack. And then, of course, they've also got Lockie Ferguson, who's been really good. I thought that, you know, whether he'll be able to fill the boots, giant boots of Pat Cummins or not, but he's done it exceptionally. The only weak link once he's in KKR, even now, is in the batting in the middle order, where uh, Ian Morgan has gone through a, you know, horror run of low scores. And Dinesh Karthik has played a few cameos, but not done, I mean, maybe he didn't get enough opportunities also. But that seems to be the area of concern. And Delhi Capitals, just perhaps the batting has a lot, uh, uh, top order has a lot uh, lot more flourish, but they also high risk takers like Prithvi Shaw and Shikhar Dhawan and Shreya Sayyar. And that's where, you know, KKR's bowling could be a match for them. Absolutely. Well, moving on from the IPL, uh, but retaining some connection. Uh, we've now seen Rahul, Kishan, Surya Kumar. How do you think they're now stacking up for the World T20. We're just just like barely two weeks away from the start of that and our first game is Pakistan. So, do you think this team looks slightly better off than they were a week or two ago? Oh, yeah, certainly. Certainly looks better than what uh, it looked about a week ago. That's because of Ishan Kishan and Surya Kumar, the other actually finding form. Hardik Pandya remains a bit of a worry still because he's not bowling. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, Mumbai Indians have nursed him, uh, not used him enough uh, as uh, or new, not used him at all as a bowler to help him recover completely and that's in a, in a way that's magnanimous of the of the franchise to do so because in in some ways it cost you know the balance of the team for for their own team so i think that uh, the indian squad now looking much better the issue would be between hardik who didn't bowl at all and rahul chahar who really didn't impress uh, in the in the as a leg spinner and there's yuzvendra chahal who's been snapping at his heels Yuzvendra has had a terrific uh, second half and it, the the squad can be changed till October 15th. That's something that the selectors will have to decide whether they need to change, they want to change or not. I think somewhere they'll probably want, I don't know about the spinner because there are enough spinners in the team, uh, whether they'll need to change the spinner, but they might want to bring in a fast bowler because Bhuvneshwar Kumar also didn't look very impressive in the second phase. Well, there are still obviously some unanswered questions and let's hope that our Indian selectors are willing to take a call based purely on form and not so much on history. Um, staying with cricket for just a little longer, the Indian women's team put up a strong fight again in Australia, although they lost the T20 series. Uh, but I think that was quite an impressive performance all around. Yes, I think so. I think that there's a lot of promise that one can see and it is also reflected in the uh, number of players who've been, you know, recruited for the Big Bash League from India, the Indian women, the women's team. So there's and Mithali Raj and Julan Goswami are the two very senior pros, and you can say that you know age is probably catching up with them, but they are playing a different format. In the other T20 format, there's a lot of youngsters who are playing, and I think really the issue for the women's team is how much more can they play 
to get into the into the regularity of competitive matches if that increases then i think that the indian women's team will get better and better and remember already what has happened in the past 4 years since 2017 the number of women cricketers has grown exponentially in the country so that's something that is working out extremely well for india that means the supply line will be very good yeah and this uh, there's a lot of our current players who are now staying back in australia for the uh, big bash so that should be invaluable experience as well for them yes it will be because then you are rubbing shoulders with not just the aussies but you know players who may have come from elsewhere and it's a very competitive environment the big bash league uh, i think there's a demand made by harmanpreet that the women's ipl should also start and that is something that the bcci needs to look at closely yes there are logistical issues whether there are enough players enough teams is also a concern but i think at some stage there must be a timeline that is established so if not 2022 can we see a you know a women's ipl in 2023 are we building towards it that's that's really the job of the federation isn't it the bcci should be thinking along those lines That's that about cricket folks and uh, moving on to football as usual we're joined by Somil Arora to talk about two major points. Hey Somil welcome to the show. Hello Mr Fantastic how are you doing? All good. France has won the Nations League and that's one of the things we're going to talk about but before we go there please tell us what does the Saudi takeover mean for Newcastle? Do they have a new mine of money from which they can just pull out whenever they want? You know to be honest Yes, they do. They they have the richest owners in the world right now and richest in the sense of their net worth of course and you might be very very appropriate in saying that well your net worth doesn't depend doesn't decide how much you are able to spend but long things long things short basically they're rich. They can spend all that they want and they are potentially planning a raid on all of Manchester United's players but this is not a fairy tale. Let me be very clear about this. Having rich owners does not mean that your club can be transformed into a good club firstly for a club to succeed you need the right people and the right people may not be in the right players now this is what every single rich club who suddenly becomes rich with a new owner tends to do right they tend to attack constantly they tend to buy the biggest names to have the big impact early on but that's just not how it works you need to invest in the right people take a look at everton everton have one of the richest owners around I'm not quite sure what his official designation is but that 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 guy is really properly rich but Everton where are they in the league are they anywhere near the top 4 will they ever be anywhere near the top 4 you get a feeling that they won't because Everton's strategy has always been about buying those big name high wage players like a Hamas Rodriguez and trying to see if that works out but first your backroom staff the people who run the club should be correct because the owners that the Saudis they will not have any idea of how to run a football club so you need to get in the right people with the right vision take a look at say for instance what manchester city did with their wealth they hired shiki bergeristan the the ex barcelona uh, executive you can call him that way before of course the meltdown began and look at what they've done they have spent a lot of money on a lot of players but they bought the right players of the right caliber that fit the style they're looking for and you tell me if manchester city are not the most fluid football team in the world right now that's the point liverpool got jurgen klopp a, a person who could get the right caliber of players and so newcastle must understand that their pockets might be deep but they have to make sure that their pockets the, the, the depth of their pockets doesn't exceed their intelligence in terms of managing a football club and that is a very real possibility absolutely i think it's just as important to develop a grassroots program uh, to 
like ayaz also mentioned in uh, regards with women's cricket to to create a constant supply of talent that's coming out and not have to therefore always be spending millions every transfer window that opens well let's hope that that works out for newcastle and their fans it's it's a club with a rich history and uh well english football really is looking for a few more clubs that can challenge the hegemony of the big six so let's hope that newcastle is that club going ahead tell us a little more about france beating spain how how did that turn out i mean i caught a bit of it and it was physical to say it the least <laughs> so uh, the most forgettable international league had its final uh, in the last week and when did anyone ever pay attention to the UEFA Nations League anyone we wonder hey, france beat spain but where what league are you talking about it's the nations league yes the one that portugal won the first time around and it happens it's basically your international friendly international league so instead of playing friendlies they end up playing matches over here and it it's it's hardly competitive on a broad scale but when it comes to the final when it comes to a grudge match like this one you're right mr fantastic it does get physical and that match was something quite like that we saw rafael varane get injured in the first half there was lots of speed in the match up lots of aggressiveness lots of intensity and eventually it was just france with their fluidity who got the win even though mikel orzabal of spain got the goal first off but france they were just fighting back eventually so so well and they look like a team they have sort of avenged the ghosts of the the euros early on in the year they just look fluid and they look really in good touch for the world cup coming up even pogba for that matter looked well and that's why france were able to pull the strings properly and get past spain twice yeah the finishing did leave a lot to be desired i mean mbappe wasn't his best that goal from benzema do uh, that was a work of art no doubt about that so moving on to formula 1 uh, we had the turkish gp uh, valtteri bottas has won and please tell us what that means somel Indeed, yes. Valtteri Bottas of Mercedes is leaving Mercedes at the end of the year. Probably a grim way to begin, but you have to keep that in mind because ever since that announcement has been made, Valtteri Bottas has been fresh. He's been rejuvenated. He, he is like a, a renewed man in a way. And since that announcement, he is the driver who has scored the most points. A stat courtesy of Kunal, my host on the Inside Line F1 podcast. So there is that, and he, he was fresh. He got. Uh, he didn't get pole position because he qualified second. but his teammate lewis hamilton the world championship contender sir lewis hamilton he had to take an engine penalty now what happens is that you're only allocated around 3 engines a year and and three major components like the internal combustion engine the battery pack the turbo you'll get bored on that stuff but he took an extra part which everyone does by the way it's just like a slap on the wrist so he had to take a grid position penalty so he started all the way at the back which meant that max verstappen and sergio perez the two red bull drivers were able to capitalize on that but not enough because valtteri bottas inherited p1 it was a damp race where the track wasn't quite drying up and bottas said right last year in similar circumstances i was absolutely terrible let me avenge that year and he did that to perfection it was a dominant drive but the controversy lies towards the end miss of fantastic and and the good part is there's always some controversy because towards the end the track was not drying up per se but formula 1 drivers were thinking right let's actually switch away from the intermediate set of tires to new ones because of course as the tire gets older it's it starts to lose its tread which means it's not grippy enough which means it becomes slower and lewis hamilton was on a comeback drive he was in p number 3 he had passed red bull sergio perez 
And Sergio Perez boxed, uh, Max Verstappen boxed, all the others. They did the logical thing. But Hamilton said, right, I think I can stay out. And it was pure driver's instinct. You like to see instinct like this backed up. But you've got to remember, the last race in Russia, it was the team that got Lewis a win by calling him in the pits. Lewis defined that order until a bit later on, where they did eventually go to the pit lane, I think some 10 laps later than they should have. And they came back out there with Lewis finishing in P5, not in P3, where he was before the pit stop cycle began. And so he was really upset. He was irritated about what the team had done. They said, he said that they should have allowed him to do what he could. But another driver who was on a zero-stop strategy, like not changing tyres at all, his tyres were absolutely chewed up and he lost 50 seconds in the last five laps, Mr. Fantastic. So maybe it was just a save in disguise for Lewis, which he has recognised, by the way. That's just insane. Well, um, let's hope that this title race really does go down to the wire all the way. Uh, it, it's really been an amazing season, a good advertisement for motorsport, especially for Formula One. That brings us to the close of this episode, folks. It's been a pleasure being here again. We'll be back next week with more and we will have winners, well, at least to announce, if not to talk to, uh, of this year's IPL. Thanks so much for being joining us. Thanks for being on the show, Ayaz and Somil. Catch you next week. Thanks a lot, Mr. Fantastic. Always a pleasure. And yes, we will discuss uh, the, the new IPL champion. It could be the old one. We don't know. Delhi Capitals have never won the title. KKR have won in the past. And Chennai, of course, have won it thrice. So let's see if we're going to have a new winner or it's going to be the same old, same old. Well, fingers crossed it's a new one. Mm-hmm.